President Biden calls for the world to forcefully condemn sexual violence by Hamas. Today, we're going to be discussing what exactly he said, why we think he's drawing attention to it now, and why exactly we have an issue with it. So here to discuss this with me now is Kiki May, a political content creator on Instagram and TikTok. Kiki, thanks for coming back on the show today. How are you doing today? I have been better, my friends, uh, given the topic today, but thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, before we get into like, you know, your initial thoughts and all this, kind of just wanted to like give a preface here. Um it seems as though Biden is taking a lot of heat for his unequivocal uh, attachment to the nation of Israel as this attack continues over in Gaza. You know, we are seeing, you know, over 15,000 civilians who have now lost their lives uh, due to Israeli, you know, airstrikes and, you know, Israeli ground uh, assault that's going through northern Gaza, southern Gaza now. And due to that fact, we are now seeing the president who has not wanted to even say what kind of weapons are going to Israel. He's saying that they want to give more money to Israel. He's not going to condition any aid to them whatsoever. It, it feels as though what we're seeing right now is trying to a, a narrative shift by the Biden administration about where they want to center the conversation about what's happening over there. Does it feel, does it feel like I'm off and thinking this way or, you know, like, do we really need to be focusing strictly on what's happening with Hamas's, you know, obviously brutal attacks on, you know, women and young girls over in Israel on October 7th? So listen, I um, very much think that the issue of sexual assault, rape, especially when it comes to being a weapon of war, deserves attention, condemnation. Um, but we cannot think about any like topic here in a vacuum, specifically when it comes to the messaging that the Biden administration chooses to share and how they present it, right? So to your point, there are a lot of unanswered um, questions and a lot of criticism in terms of the funding and weaponry and all that um, uh, that the U.S. is providing, right? And I think this is a very purposeful distraction from that critique and that line of inquiry to say, what about the um, sexual assault of the Israeli hostages or you know the folks that were attacked on October 7th? And what really gets me about this is the fact that when the October 7th attack happened, Biden immediately came out with unconfirmed, unsubstantiated, unverified pieces of propaganda that were very harmful. So we have the 40 beheaded babies thing, for example. Yeah. And even though they came back and his his, um, you know, communications office, press office came back and said, actually, that's not true, you know that you can't put the genie back into the bottle, right? So right. everybody was running with it and still to this day is running with it. And what that has done is contributed to the demonization and dehumanization of the Palestinian people, you know, the the conceptualization of them as this like savage brown terrorist, right? So that is why I think people are rightfully cautious about, um, you know, taking in, consuming this information we're providing about, uh, we're, we're being provided about the sexual assault of Israeli women. Listen, it is, there is a long history of sexual assault being used as a weapon of war. And I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility at all that 
Hamas potentially perpetrated this. I think I said this the last time we chat. A lot's been grossing me out these days. But the fact yeah. that we would now use this, the sexual assault of women, to re redirect the conversation and basically justify the murder of tens and, and thousands of Palestinians, most of whom are women and children. So this is a yeah. very deliberate effort to switch tactics. We did the condemn Hamas thing. Now we did where are the hostages? And now we're on to what about this sexual assault? And uh, the UN has been doing an investigation on everything that's happened on October 7th, including a portion of specifically dedicated to sexual violence perpetrated by both Hamas and the IDF and the uh, Israeli government has not been cooperating with that investigation because they think the UN is biased. So if you really care about what happened to these women, if you want to get to the truth of it, then you would need to cooperate with that investigation. If that's the truth of what happened, then let them testify, let, let them provide the evidence of it. And yeah. then we can have a more, you know, uh, grounded in reality conversation. Until then, this seems like a very disturbing way to justify ongoing war crimes. And I, I think it's appalling. You know, we were talking off air about this before we got on here. And one of the things that you had mentioned was, you know, this felt like a weaponization of like the feminism movement. And I kind of want to talk to you specifically about that because when we talk about sexual assault, rape you know th these conversations have been in the forefront uh more so in the last like you know seven eight nine years uh talking about just how prevalent it has been in our society people didn't feel comfortable speaking up people didn't feel um like their stories were being like taken seriously and so obviously these stories are now being put at the forefront and where they should be and I, I think it's been a very powerful thing for Democratic politicians, particularly who have felt like they had a, a sense of um, of strength with this as they were trying to be the party that was on the side of women, whereas Republicans were not being on the side of women. And it's become a very powerful rallying cry for the Democratic Party. Now, is it do you believe that they are trying to take that natural energy uh, about what is a very prevalent issue, which is sexual assault and rape against women, and trying to somehow tie it to what's happening over in Gaza as a way to deflect what is what everyone can see, which the atrocities happening being committed by the Israeli government? Do you feel like that's what's happening right now? Or do you feel a little bit differently about it? No, I mean, I, I absolutely agree that it's, a, you know, it's a co-opting of um, not only feminist, the feminist movement, the Me Too movement, but you'll see a lot of language co-opting other social justice movements as well. So if we focus just on the feminism and Me Too piece first, um, the reality is that feminists who are uh, operating with an intersectional lens are operating... Um, with an anti-capitalist, post-colonial, anti-imperialist, anti-racist lens, which in my personal perspective is the only way to do it, then when you look at trying to use sexual assault as a justification for upholding all of these other systems of oppression, that is in direct contrast to what the feminist movement is about. What I think we're seeing is white feminism in action, which is white women centering themselves um, and then 
using this to their advantage in terms of a lot of these women who are expressing sort of outrage over the lack of attention to the um, Israeli sexual assault um, are using this to say, this is why genocide needs to continue basically for to, you know, say it bluntly, but this is why, you know, I, um, you know, am aligned with sort of Zionist thinking or whatever it might be. And, you know, what really gets me is that we've had commentary from people like Sheryl Sandberg, who again is mm. the absolute poster woman for privileged white feminism, who, you know, her big um, claim to fame is telling women they should try a little bit harder and play with the boys, you know, in her lean in nonsense. That's a whole other topic I could talk about a lot. But she then was quoted in a lot of these articles going around saying, silence is complicity. That is co-opting the language of social justice movements for, um, you know, against police, br police brutality or social justice movements for racial equity, right? And saying silence is complicity here. She is, what, what I'm seeing is a trend of like leaning into where you may be able to like have a marginalized identity and then again using it for your own aims instead of looking at the bigger picture which again how many women are the victims of the violence going on in gaza right now and how many women in general are the victims of um oppressive systems and policies that are part of fundamentally part and parcel of the u.s government of the israeli government of the faux democracy we have, right? So everything that they they tout is in direct opposition to real feminist activist work, real activist work in general. And you'll see this like, so when we had Me Too, then there was Men Too. Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Um, you know, uh, believe women, not all men. And then now we've even had, you know, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And then at the the pro-Israel chances, from the river to the sea, Israel is all you'll see. So that right there is your signal. They continue to co-opt the language of the oppressed in the same way that like an abusive husband will co-opt the language of therapy to try to gaslight you. And this is what they're doing. And it makes you think Oof. that, oh God, am I doing something wrong? Like I thought I, I cared about these social justice issues. And I myself have questioned you know, am I saying the right thing? Like, am I thinking about this wrong? And that's exactly what they want. They want you to question your beliefs. And I want, and I have been trying to be clear, at least to the folks that follow me on my channel, and I think that you'd agree, is that don't let these people um, question your humanity. And if you are feeling empathy and gutted about mass murder, you should be because you're a human being and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So. I, don't know. That's I <laughs> think that is a very poignant message. And honestly, it's something that more people need to hear because unfortunately, what we are seeing is not just President Biden coming out and making claims like this, but unfortunately, we are seeing this also in cable news. Recently, uh, CNN anchor Dana Bash had on the chair of the Progressive Caucus in the House, Democratic lawmaker Pramila Jayapal, onto CNN to have a discussion about this exact topic. Here's the clip. It's kind of remarkable that this issue hasn't gotten enough attention uh, globally. Widespread use of rape, uh, brutal rape, sexual rape against Israeli women by Hamas. Um, I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using as a, as a weapon of war. But 
downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October absolutely. 7th? And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women. the actions. Absolutely. The, 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 of course. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. And if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, they are bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them yeah. to be able to build the kinds of allies to keep public opinion yeah. with them. And frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian with, with, law says. Okay, with, with respect, I was just asking about the the women and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific and okay. I think that is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three quarters of whom and it's, are women and children. And it's horrible, but you're, you don't see Israeli soldiers being um, Well, Dana, I think women. we're not. So I had a quite a few different thoughts when I first saw that clip. You know, for me, I've been watching cable news very differently ever since the 2016 election. You know, I... I, I went into that election being a Bernie fan and I didn't really know too much about Bernie. I was just learning about it for the first time. I thought he had a lot of great ideas and obviously he was running against Hillary Clinton in the primaries. And I was still in a mindset where I was just like, you know, where I just assumed that television networks like CNN, MSNBC, like they just told the news. They were the good guys. They weren't Fox news. Fox news is where all the terrible propaganda was. And seeing all the different anchors have these just attacks against Bernie that weren't that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like they seemed like they were more like character assassinations, or they would just over and over again like, well, well, he can't win. Well, he can't win. Well, he can't win. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up now is because I just I, I realized over a few months span in that year that maybe certain news networks have an agenda that I just wasn't familiar with prior to in my naivete. I, I just I just assumed that the news just told the news that they didn't actually have an agenda. But, you know, as years go on, you learn really simple truths that kind of just makes sense, you know, afterwards, right? Certain corporations have to buy advertisements on said news networks in order for news networks to operate. They need mm -hmm. the ad revenue from their commercial breaks, right? And so... What you end up realizing afterwards is that it's not too hard for a corporation to essentially go to a news network and say, I need you to cover something like this or else I will pull my ads. So when I see an interview like the one that we just saw with Hermilia Jayahal, 
And I compare it to what I know what's going on here in America with APAC, what I know that we are seeing here with just a bunch of like money coming in from the state of Israel into elections. We've heard about the Intercept had a report recently about how John Fetterman, you know, took some um, APAC donations to win his primary in 2022. We're seeing now that they're going to go after certain members of the squad in their primary elections. There was, you know, a report coming out recently on how they were going to give anyone $20 million to primary Rashida Tlaib in Michigan. When I, when I see all these things kind of come together, what it feels like to me is that they want to try to shift the attention away from what's happening in Gaza as far as the the civilian casualties. And they want to like shift the blame saying, well, hey, what we really need to focus on is not the fact that thousands of people are dead. We do not need to focus on the fact that we are displacing over a million people. We do not need to be focusing on whether or not we should be conditioning aid to Israel. No, what you really need to be focusing on the fact is that Hamas was going out and mutilating women, sexually assaulting women, raping women. That's where the conversation needs to be. And for me, it just feels like you're trying to take what is a very true thing because obviously a terrorist organization, which is what I label Hamas, went out and promote and committed these atrocious acts that no one can justify. If you try to justify it, I'm sorry, we're just not going to be able to have a civilized conversation about this. Right, right. But, you know, you're trying to take that and use it as a cover <clears throat> for what is happening with the Israeli government. And it just feels so slimy to me. Because the, it shouldn't be an either or thing, right? It should be an and, like we can condemn what Hamas did and obviously yeah. focusing on what is happening to the people in Gaza right now. Like, did you have any like different opinions about like what we just saw with the interview with Dana Bash and Jamila Jayapal? Not different, but I would almost even take it a step further. But first to, to what you just said, yes, two things can be true at the same time you can you know believe that what hamas has done is atrocious and that violence sexual violence is wrong and you can also believe that the mass murder of tens of thousands of palestinians and a long long sordid history of the idf committing sexual assault against palestinians is also abhorrent and should be condemned. And one of the biggest things that I took away from that interview was that Dana Bash just put it in there as a throwaway comment. You don't see Israeli soldiers doing this. You absolutely fucking do. And it has been decades long documented in academic research as well as um, you know social commentary documentaries, um, the Tantora documentary recently that came out, which is absolutely harrowing, has former members, former members of the IDF that are sitting gleefully, and I watched it, gleefully recounting raping women hmm. still to the, this day and being proud of it. So number one, I think that that is also textbook to your point, manufacturing consent, right? So when we talk about what corporate owned media does is they very much want to manu manufacture consent for whatever agenda they're trying to push. And because they have not only advertisers that they're beholden to, but also various political elites, um, stakeholders that, you know, benefit from um, having certain establishment perspectives pushed, right? Then the media is going to repeat those messages. So here she's won by just her making that throwaway comment 
now it's like, oh, people are going to think that's true. That's a thing that's that's accurate and not necessarily go and question the veracity of it, especially liberals watching CNN and they think CNN is gospel, right? Um, if you're going to sit there and say that um, Pramila Jayapal and other progressives are not um, condemning sexual assaults and rape um, perpetrated by Hamas, they're not condemning it at all. They don't care about Israeli women. That is patently false, coming from the mouth of, <laughs> of Pramila Jayapal, but also um, folks like myself, feminist activists in the space who very much um, understand the severity of the accusations and of and understand that violence against women, sexual or otherwise, is an epidemic, and that doing this, having conversations like this, is doing the movement a disservice, not not the other way around, by causing also um, like they're calling out feminists and progressives, right? Saying that, how come you haven't condemned this? Or like, so this is okay with you, which is absolutely not what we're saying, right? So again, manufacturing this narrative that doesn't exist, but they're directing anger at people who have been dedicating their lives to doing this work when their anger should be directed at the Israeli government, the IDF, the American government, all of our uh, you know, Western media propaganda machines that are responsible for why this unmitigated sexual violence can continue. They have been responsible for burying it. The IDF has a long history of uh, sexual assault of its own female uh, soldiers. And there have been long hush sort of campaigns that they aren't prosecuted. Like something like 70% of all of the accusations are against permanent like commanders and employees that are still there. And so to direct the like sort of infighting at each other instead of the um, organizations and systems and things that are actually responsible is also to distract us from the reality of the systems are designed to fundamentally drive inequities and they are fundamentally sexist and they're fundamentally racist, all these things. They want you to be having these conversations to your very point to distract. But I also think when I said it goes a step further, it's to um, manufacture consent in, we are justified in the continued bombardment of Gaza because they raped our beautiful Israeli children of light. Like that's, that's where we're at. And I think that is what really grosses me out the most to weaponize something as serious as sexual assault to justify the slaughter of tens of thousands of people, many of whom are women. If you say you care about women, those things really don't line up. No, they really don't. And, you know, obviously there, there are so many different things to talk about <clears throat> you know, as far as what is happening in Israel, what is happening in Gaza, what's happening in the West Bank, for instance. You know, th there are so many different angles to cover. So this is your first time checking out one of, you know, my episodes here on Independent Thought. Just know that we have covered some of the stuff in the past. We'll be covering some more of the stuff in the future. I want to thank my guest, Kiki May, for coming on. If you want to check out more of her content and what she does, make sure you check her out on Instagram and TikTok. Those links will be in the episode description. We will see you in the next episode. Thank you for watching this video of Independent Thought. If you liked the conversation, please go ahead and give the video itself a like and be sure to subscribe for future episodes on the channel.